Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Tommy Evans, how you doing, brother? Give people the update. We've been updating the community all over the place. For people that follow us consistently, Missoula Broadcasting Company is the owner of ESPN Radio here in Missoula. We also own three other stations. Jack FM, which is 105.9 FM on your radio dial. Nice plug. The Trail, 103.3 FM, which you're familiar with Tommy's baritone voice on. Even greater plug. As well as the U1045. And we're in the process of moving. And you guys at The Trail have been... Telling everybody every single step of this whole thing, talking about the new studios. We haven't talked about it as much over here, but Tommy, for people that have listened to this show for a couple years, used to be the main man producing this thing, too. We're happy to have David there in the back now, but people have been missing your voice with the exception of your tragic story about your dog sitting Oh, don't even we're remind not even, me We're not that. even going to bring it back up. If you didn't hear it, you don't want to hear it. That was horrible. It was bad. On a more positive note, how's life, dude? How you doing? How's the transition going? How is the new station coming along? People are going to be excited about these new ESPN digs, right? It's pretty darn cool that we've got the only daily uh, you know, sports talk show in the state that you guys, uh, I mean, you originate this broadcast right out of the heart of Missoula, and folks tend to think ESPN is is Bristol, it's national, but you guys are here doing this. So we are building you a customized radio talk studio fit with cameras, monitors on the walls, pictures of you, cardboard cutouts, full size all over the place, and uh, the trail will have a massive, large performance space. It's coming along really well. The sheetrock is up. Uh, carpets get ready to go in uh, in the next couple of weeks, of course, after the painting is uh, wrapped up. I've got some engineers coming in from Nevada, one from Butte, and uh, we're all just going to get together and rock out and get the cabling done. Uh, the generator's in place. The electrical needs have been met. Uh, amazing, amazing um, contractors have been uh, working around the clock, weekends and after hours, to make this happen. And in the next 
Coulter, I mean, we're looking at like two or three weeks. You will not be, folks watching online or uh, on SWX, we will not be in this physical place any longer. It's just a couple of weeks out. It's going to be crazy, man. I, I'm going to Boise on Friday, and I'm not going to be back for at least eight days, and I could be gone for as many as, I don't know, 14 or 16 days. This might be your last show in the, uh, in the host <laughs> this, chair over this there. This week, this might, I know, for real, it, yeah. it might be. Well, this is an impressive project that Tommy's working on. I know the people that are listening on the radio, one of my favorite parts about doing this is how if you don't know us, you don't have any idea how old we are. People that have met Ryan have said, man, you're that old? Or man, you're that young? Like, or man, why don't you shower? Because <laughs> do tell, he could he, he could be 72 years old. Yeah, no clue. That's true. It's a good but point. I think, I think no one really realizes, except for the people that are watching on SWX right now, that Tommy is in fact like 12 years old. I mean, how old are you, Tommy? 25? I'm 13 and a quarter. How Coulter. old are you for real though? 25, 26? 26. You just turned 26. Yeah. For people out there that don't understand the ins and outs of radio, to build a radio station, to be the head guy building a radio station, is an unbelievable undertaking with people for people that have 30-plus years of experience. Tommy's not even 30 years old. This is amazing that you're doing this, man. I, I love watching somebody fulfill their full potential. This I is great. I appreciate that, Coulter. Now I'm wondering what you screwed up and why you're getting the accolades. <laughs> nope, nope. I just have missed you on the show, and you've threatened many a times to bring back a third hour that has nothing to do with sports. And if that was the case, then that means you and Robert Chase and Craig Johnson, you guys would have to have a rotating cameo appearance on Two Telling Ones. <laughs> this, would be, this would be phenomenal for us if you guys were able to do this. I mean, we, any one of us are more than happy to do that because you guys need all the help getting like a half of a rating at any given time. <laughs> and, and every now and then you need a pro to come in and, you know, give you a little bit of life. There's pro broadcasters, and then there's just guys who talk about sports relentlessly like us. Tommy's the uh, the former, certainly. Tommy, what's going on on the new show? You got a new show coming up tomorrow, That's every true. Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. on the That's trail. Right. If you want to have anything to do with the latest cutting-edge music, I know there's a lot of people out there that you remember when songs would debut on the radio, and that's so not commonplace now with yeah. Spotify and all these other streaming services, but you actually have people that send you fresh cuts and you put it on the radio. Look at that mailbox out there. There's so many CDs that come in every single day. It's really fun to go through them all. I once embarked on trying to help Tommy with this until I realized that, and I still t steal a disc off this desk from time to time, but I realized that <laughs> you get like 30 CDs a week. Oh, at least. Like you would have to spend a significant amount of your time. Yeah. Listening yeah, it's awesome. Stuff. But I'll tell you what makes it easy. I've got a 500 disc CD carousel. So I wow. just load them up in there. It's old school. I inherited it. Um, and, you know, you just throw the CDs in, go through, listen to some stuff, have fun with it. What's really fun on the new show, and I appreciate the, the plug again, Coulter, is uh, it's a connection to the artists. We more often than not have folks in the studio, if not on the phone, to talk about what they're doing. And it's a chance to hear what Missoula musicians are doing, too. You know, I mean, we cater to any and all genre and all types of music and uh, we're fortunate to get to do it and with the new studios that we're building meanwhile the major you know media outlets are firing the talent and they're firing the engineers and they're getting rid of the you know physical studio locations we built 5 of them 
So we're kind of going against the grain, and we're going to have fun with it. And so my point is, in the future with the new show, we'll have more live music and in-studio in performances, perhaps even viewing sessions, perhaps even middle, you know, in-studio in mini-concert series, too. We couldn't do it without you, the viewers, the listeners, and everybody else out there that pays attention and engages with us. So True. thank you, Missoula. Thank you, Western Montana. Thank you, State of Montana. Two Till Noirs, one tonight, ESPN Missoula, broadcasting to you right here in the Kurtz Polaris studios. Tommy, last question for you. Get you out of here on this. I know Ooh. that you uh, you dabble in the gambling from time to time. I do. So I got a two-fold question for you. Okay. Are you going to enter into some March Madness brackets? Are you going to fill out a bracket this year? And number yes. two... Have you delved into the world of sports gambling? And if so, are you intrigued by this? I love it because if there's one thing that I believe, I mean, seriously, very, very strongly about the planet is that dumb luck prevails. (laughs) Look at Ryan Tutel. Oh, amen. And so for me, (laughs) I don't know anything about anything when it comes to the sports ball. So I'll just go in there and throw some teams on a bracket and more often than not, I get farther than those who think they know something about how the bracket's going to go and sometimes win cash. You and hey I, man. You and I, Ryan Tutel, in the studio, and have no fear, the captain is here. But, Tommy, you and I actually had a fun sports experience last year. You and I were at the National Association of Broadcasters Conference in That's Las right. Vegas. Yeah. And it was the national championship. And you're like, oh, I heard it was like the Final Four going on. I said, yeah, it is the Final Four. And Tommy, you have plans Monday night. You and I are going to watch this game. <laughs> and you said, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I care about this. I said, no. Tommy, we're going. Let's go. And so we went to Caesars Palace and we watched right. the national championship game between Virginia and Texas Tech with no less than 2,000 people sitting oh, there, right? Very minimum. The, the energy screen, was outstanding. The screen was what? like 100 feet. I mean, uh, more. It is. It was like... The, it was like hundreds of feet. I mean, it was gigantic. The entire wall of Caesar Palace. And we ended up meeting these funny ladies from Route 66 in Northern That's Arizona. Right. Yeah. And they were going to sell some jewelry and bless us with Culture bought the jewelry, by the way, people. It, it was great, but I think that was a great experience for you to learn how communal sports can be. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Well, Ryan Tutel's back in the studio, so that means we can delve into our actual sports show. But, Tommy, thanks for stopping by. You built a great bridge, Tommy. I listened, and I appreciate the work that you did there. And, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes you have meetings that you're like, okay, yeah, you're like, I got to be there for this thing. 
And then you just assume, like, I mean, this should take about X amount of minutes to accomplish, you know? And then you're sitting there, you go, well, I've done it again. I have done it to myself again. I'm sitting here, and it doesn't matter what it is. You got to be at it, okay? But it's like, this couldn't happen earlier in the day. This couldn't happen at a different time. But also, just, you know, when you think something's going to be, I don't know, 15 minutes, and it's maybe an hour and 15 minutes, and you go, oh, wow, hadn't hadn't anticipated that. It's the life I'm living. Irv Street to me. I think I get my pay docked for this, right? For uh, arriving late to a live radio show. You get paid? Good point. <laughs> I get a bill now. Funny. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Tommy. Thanks, man. Tommy Evans. Don't mind if I do have a seat across from you. I'm never getting Ryan this chair back. It's now Nuanas and Tutel 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Hey, Gus, it was the NFL Combine this week. Um, I can't wait to hear Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports, her thoughts on the combine. Yeah. I was sitting there watching this while I was pounding on a bunch of the stories that I'm working on currently. Uh, shameless plug, SkylandSportsMT.com. We have a huge series of stories coming out starting this evening, leading all the way up to and through the Big Sky Conference Tournament. But I had the combine on because, you know, you can you can definitely multitask. You can work and watch at the same time and pop your head up when marks are good. So I watched a ton of it. And it, it's duly impressive to watch these guys perform the athletes that are, are invited to this thing yeah. this day and age but then also sort of weird because you're watching just a bunch of guys run around and not do anything besides just work out they're not even playing a sport per se it's but so the, weird too because the atmosphere uh, it's quiet in there you know by and large not there's no the fans commentators yeah, yeah. have to whisper right right just like waiting for rich eisen to do you know some rich eisen things which he's great at right but but you know trying i can't imagine trying to broadcast that thing it's like trying to broadcast a parade oh here's another float hey, look at this here's another float that that is sort of the essence of the combine but when there's people that First of all, are, are very impressive in what they do, and also when there's connections to you know various guys, obviously in Montana, Dante Olson specifically, it's uh, it holds it holds a ton of interest, and it is. I mean, it's remarkable to watch some of these guys do what they do. I mean, it really, it's amazing. Eight FCS players invited to the NFL Combine, including yeah. Dante Olson. There's a couple receivers from Rhode Island, one who marked out great, the other one who didn't do as well as maybe people anticipated. I had the big tight end from Dayton. I thought he did nothing but solidify his draft stock. A lot of people think he's the number one. FCS prospect in this draft, and I thought he, uh, Troutman definitely did. He, he solidified himself as that. Um, Charlie T, big touchdown Charlie from Portland State. I thought he was good. There's a lot of NFL prognosticators that are saying he's going to move to fullback because he was about 6'2 and a half, 240, but that's a great size for like the modern-day H that can play kind of that inline tight end, the wing, the fullback, the guy who moves around. So I think he probably didn't do, do anything but help himself in this. And then Dante Olson, one of the most polarizing combines that we maybe have ever seen. He starts out by benching 15 reps on the 225 pounds. It was That's not an impressive number, certainly, especially for an inside linebacker. But I thought it wasn't as detrimental to him because no linebacker really blew it out of the water. I think the highest was 24 by a linebacker. And there was guys that were just a couple reps above him that were in the top 12. So also, the positions changed a little bit in that element, but it was not. It's not a number that necessarily knocks your socks off. But it's also though of all of the things of all of them. To me, the bench press is the least actually important event. Regardless, I mean, the, it, your lower body strength is so much more important than your upper body strength in football, first and foremost. And second of all, 
the ability to 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 bench press is not. I mean, it's rare. The only the only time you're actually bench pressing on a football field is if you are like an offensive lineman trying to pass block or a defensive lineman trying to get off a run block. I mean, those those are like the two areas where it happens. And it is an example of you know upper body strength and all that kind of stuff, which of course you do need and have to have. But I just think it's it's not all that translatable. And it's so much more important to be athletic than it is to be quote unquote strong, especially strong in your like arms and pecs. It is, but you can't just do a straight layman's number if you're expected to be an inside linebacker in the NFL. I, I, again, I agree. I mean, you let's talk technique for yeah. a second. You're a guy that's lifted weights on and off throughout your life. Probably not as much lately yeah. with your three children, but you. you I'm lifting way more weights than I ever have. They're just alive. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but I mean, you've been a guy that's gotten underneath the bench. Oh yeah. Here, here's one thing that I've I've always thought was so interesting: the technique that they teach you because you're trying to bang out as many reps as you can mm-hmm. is. The close grip, closed grip, where then you're just using the momentum of the weight to pump it out as much as mm-hmm. you can. Like if you and I were to go downstairs, I'd do the wide grip, open grip, and I would breathe out each one. And I'm pretty confident I could get to 12 to 15 right now. Now, that's it. I'm not going to go play in the NFL. There's no chance. And there's a lot of weight versus weight here that's to my advantage compared to Dante Olson. <laughs> I weigh 25 more pounds than he does. Right. Three inches shorter. Okay. All that said, though, I just feel like if you just were to to have way more technique and engage, you could have better numbers than 15. That said, I don't think you can get up into the 25 and 30 unless you're pounding it out. I just always have thought, though, I guess my point is, I think there's so many guys that can do so so many more reps than they actually do. They just, I think they just lose their win. They lose their juice because they're trying to go so fast. And then all of a sudden they're struggling and they don't know it and they start to panic. And then you got to rack it. I, I, I agree. I mean, it's people who don't lift weights, and especially when you're when you're doing it for reps. Yeah. Um, there is absolutely a way to do it and a way not to do it, and it's not the same for everybody. Totally. And it, you know, if you haven't lifted weights before, but but the width, like you were talking about, narrow grip, wide grip, he, changes hugely right. the feel of it. And if you're comfortable. Like I have a mark on the bar, and I know yep. that this is where I'm holding the thing, and this is where I feel good about it. Okay, right. you know, right. and this is this is what we're gonna do. And if I was going to to lift differently, let me say it like this: if I was gonna lift for reps, I, I absolutely would not be changing the way that I go about it. Now that's just me. I'm not saying that Dante Olson did or didn't, uh, but also again, I don't think that I don't think people came in here expecting him to do 25. I don't think he expected to do 25. You know, I think, and and maybe there is a scenario in which, like, but all of a sudden, twenty, right? Not necessarily, man. Like, look, that we we just know that upper body strength is just not the strength of Dante Olson. It just isn't. Okay, it's just a fact that it's not, and so you know, it kind of is what it is. So the cop, this this thing, though, I mean, let's just say it's an inauspicious start for yeah. Dante Olson to get fifteen reps. Yeah, but not, I but mean, not a, certainly would have been, but I mean, relative a, to your position, is the is the right point to make there, and not necessarily a killer, but an inauspicious start. Yeah. Then he blows the doors off the thing, forty two inch vertical, exactly what we've been prognosticating and and hearing, and yeah. he, he does it, and he does it twice in a row. I mean, three inches higher than Isaiah Simmons. I mean that that's I think he had the highest vertical at the combine thus far period of anybody of anybody it might be I mean that's it's it's absolutely a stunning number that he's got and then the 104 on the broad jump was 104 top on the broad 5 jumps, good yep, yep certainly good 
And then he runs the 40. Yeah. And he false starts. And he looks super nervous, and he runs a four eight nine, and then you're line, he's lining up again. And you're thinking, man, just just get to that four seven, J- just because that's just the baseline yeah. of slow. And he runs four eight eight, and watching him, to me, it was so much more about how tense he was mm. than how slow he is. Mm. I think that, unfortunately for him, it was affirmed that he doesn't have elite speed. He has far from it. But I don't think that he's a four nine guy. I think he's probably more like a four seven guy, and he was running tight. Either way, four seven still not. I mean, still slow. He, he but it, it, it was it was tough for him. And as David mentioned before the show, it was accentuated tenfold because two participants later, <laughs> who I mean, this well, guy from the spaceship comes down and runs a four three nine. Isaiah Simmons, one of the most impressive combines ever. Ever. Yeah, I mean, he runs four three nine at six four plus. He ran the he ran the four three nine forty, and 30. then walked out of the building. He didn't do another forty, and did not do a position drill. Didn't do anything. He's like everything you need to know. You now know. See you later. See you in the first. See you in the first five picks or whatever. Stop, I mean, he didn't. He didn't walk out. He was sitting there tweeting, texting, telling everybody. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just killed it. Yeah, it's and like just watching. Just let me open up a new bank account. It's like the Javon curse. The Javon Curse, when he was coming out of Florida State, he well, he was told that one of the drills at the NFL Combine was going to be the vertical. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting at the Florida State locker rooms with a couple scouts. And he said, I, I just think, you don't need to test me, man. I'm going to beat everybody at everything. And the scout's like, well, you should just do the test. And Javon Curse looks at one of the scouts and says, if I can touch this ceiling... Will you let me get out of the vertical? Maybe this was actually coming into his pro day. Regardless, he was sitting there with NFL evaluators. Yeah. Locker room of Florida State says, can I, if I can touch the ceiling, I'm not going to, I'm opting out of the vertical. They said, okay, there's no way. Look at the ceiling, thinking it's like 12 feet plus. Touches it flat hand and walks out the locker room. <laughs> That's the first day that I think people started calling him the freak. Yeah, rightfully so. So then Olsen then comes back with a three-cone drill that was, I think, either 10th or 11th. It was, was all good. said and done, so that, okay, pretty mm-hmm. good. And a short shuttle of 4.32 seconds, which was in the top 15. So, I mean, where are we at with this? Because on one hand, I mean, that's one of the greatest verticals that's ever been registered. The, uh, first of all, I got to say this. I couldn't find online records for the combine pre-1992, but in all my research, there has never been a participant in the NFL combine that had a 40-plus inch vertical that ran slower than a 4.8. Yeah. So this is a complete anomaly. Usually, lower body strength, lower body burst, explosiveness translates. If you have a great vertical, chances are you're fast, and vice versa. If you're fast, chances are you can jump pretty high. It just wasn't the case here. Did Dante Olson hurt himself, help himself, both? Where are you at? It's, it, it, it is a very anomalous set of numbers. I mean, you, you, you just don't have these sorts of things that go together. Watching him run... Coulter, like, I don't know, man, when you, when you running on your toes and each step is propelling you forward is, you know, how, how you get going fast. Not that I would ever know, (laughs) but he looked like when he was running, he was almost stomping his feet into the ground. Cement shoes. And, but here's, here's the thing. When Dante Olson is is an anomaly, anyways. When you see him in his upper body compared to anybody else in the linebacking group, you go, well, "Why is this guy out here?" And then when you see his legs compared to everybody else, you go, "Oh, well, that's why he's out here." Yeah. Like he he is 
he is ham heavy, this kid, Dante Olsen, right? And he, like, yes. elite level legs with anybody well, he, in, he in, weighs, at the combine. He, he weighs 240 because of the waist down. Yes, absolutely. The other thing is, though, it solved a, sort of a mystery to me because the thing that I've always been so impressed with is not the productivity of Dante Olsen, though it is off the charts. It is the fact that in any and every instance in which there is contact that he is making, it the, the contact finishes in the direction he's going, always. Right. And that doesn't matter if he's catching if he's standing you know still in the hole and a running back's running into him it's going the other way it's going up the field and now i now i get it because he is an absolute monster in his legs and he is so strong and so absolutely firm on the ground right. and then if he wants to jump and leap into you good night 42 inch vertically like why does it matter How, does it matter that you can jump so high not really i mean occasionally maybe if you want to tip a pass or something the reason is is because when you get at that angle and drive your hips through somebody right bang like that's the power it's the demonstration of that yeah. power and his is the his is literally the, as good as it gets so that's what's so impressive but also the reason, to me at least, that he was so slow was a matter of technique. Where he's he he's always just so he's so constantly driving his feet into the ground in that base that it's not getting him laterally across the ground the way it is for just about everybody else. And to me, what, what if I look at a guy like this? Where do I go? What's what's the thing that he would be best at as a linebacker in the NFL? It would be stopping the run. You put him in the interior. You let him fill the gap. We know that he can chase. You know, that, that he has great instincts for the ball, and you know that he's going to be able to make the tackle and get the guy down and probably get the guy get down, again, going in the direction that he wants him to go. The problem is football has just gone so far away from that model offensively. It's all about spreading it out. It's all about going east-west. And if you get a guy like Dante Olsen out there that they know is not going to – I mean, they, they talked about sideline to sideline speed. Does he have it? This answer is no, he does not. Not, not on an NFL level, he doesn't. And so I don't know where that puts him in terms – because if you can't pursue – I mean, Isaiah Simmons, the great, the biggest freak we've ever seen, he's faster in the 40 than Julio Jones. And Saquon than Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott. Odell Beckham. All of, all of them. He's faster than all of them. I mean that's insane. You don't have to be faster to be a linebacker, but you 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 can't be four eight eight. You can't be that. Like you, you you just can't. So I I think it answers the mystery. I don't know. It answers what you said is right in terms of him at the point of attack. I think also the fact that he maybe is a step slow or a step and a half slow, mm-hmm. but then did have the production is a testament to his football IQ as well as his play recognition. That said, the number one question that jumped to my mind was is the production schematics is it schematically based in other words if Dante Olson just had to make the read and chase a guy down mm-hmm. I mean he could would do he, it in would the he, would he have 179 tackles he could do it in the FCS he has done it he has but but, 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 but I just well, don't all think I'm saying he's is the whole the system league. was built for him I mean it was built for him on purpose. I understand, but you're not going to get any sort of production when they did have it built. I guess what I'm saying is no NFL team is going to build a system for him. Therefore, can he actually even play football right. at a high level unless he's in a system that's built for him? We will come back to this conversation and uh, more 
uh, on the NFL Combine a little bit later in the show. we got to get into some basketball, though, next. The Grizzlies beat Sac State. The Bobcats beat NAU, both men and women. Huge wins across the state of Montana. We'll take a look at what happened on this past Saturday. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. The uh, Montana Grizzlies, they were down early in this game, but bounced back, and they took over the lead about halfway through the first half and never relinquished it at Sacramento State, 79-71. It was a a solid, solid win for the Grizzlies. Saeed Pridgett bouncing back after having only eight points on Thursday, a game he did not score for the first 33 minutes and change in that basketball game at NAU, had 24 points, led the way for the Grizzlies, was outstanding in this game, and Montana gets the win. This game all also, people will not remember this even you know, even when we get to Boise or whatever. This was not an easy win for Montana. The Nest is one of, if not the smallest gym in the Big Sky Conference. Smallest, yep. It was standing room only on senior night, and I, you know, I don't care about size. When a gym is packed, it's going off, and it was a great atmosphere. Whole football team was there. Absolutely, everybody was there. People standing, you know, five and six people deep on the baselines where there's no, or there's a, a little bench area, but even behind that, uh, 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 standing, you know, in rows watching this game again on a senior night for Sacramento State, their last home game. Brian Katz, a veteran head coach in this league, knows Travis DeCure well, knows his teams well. They were ready to go, and they had a great plan, and they kept coming back. And even when Montana looked a couple times like they were going to put Sacramento State away, Sacramento State uh, uh, had, you know, I think because of the night, because of the atmosphere, uh, a lot of gumption. They were ready to go, and I give them a ton of credit. But this is a much better win than it looks like just on paper or whatever. Yeah, you're supposed to go in and beat Sacramento State, but we know the history of problems that Montana has had under Travis Secure there in general. And this night in particular was the toughest of nights to win that game. And they needed it, and they got it. I think the narrative of them struggling there can now be put to rest. Put to rest yeah. Because Travis Secure did lose three of his first four trips down mm-hmm. there, and now he's won three in a row. So whatever demons those... I do think there's a certain element where so many guys for the Grizz come from Western Washington and Southern California. They, Central California. And Central California, too. Yeah. And they go to Montana, and you're always telling your buddies, man, you wouldn't believe like this place that I play. We play at this Dahlberg Arena. We we get 5,000 fans, and it's the biggest show in town, and everybody knows who I am. And you're always talking yourself up and, and talking up the experience and all that stuff, and that's all great. And then when you become a great player like Side Pridget or you know, a guy who's contributing strongly like Timmy Falls, that's all good. But then all of a sudden you go home to California. 
now all your boys are sitting in the stands. They actually get a chance to watch you play for this Montana Grizz team. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And we've seen, I mean, Saeed played his best game of his freshman year at Sac State and played one of his worst games of his sophomore year at Sac State. I think there was a lot of pressure because he's from that area. Now, he's matured so much as a player that who's in the stands has very little to do with it anymore. I mean, like this last year when his dad was in town, he balled out. I mean, he killed it in front of his dad. He had his best week, one of his best weekends of the whole year. I think he was player of the week in the big sky. Mm-hmm. So sometimes those nerves go away as you get older. But I do think that when these guys play closer to home, sometimes there is a lot of nerves associated with that. That aside, make no mistake, it was a great win because not only was the gym full, not only do you have a team that matches up well with Montana, but when you can overcome, the last time Montana beat Sac State, when they beat them 52-50, to 50, they beat Sac State playing Sac State's game. Sac State lulled them into what Sac State wants. Play slow, play deliberate, physical game, we're going to grind you out. The Grizz were lucky enough and um, skilled enough to be able to shoot their way through that. I mean, Kendall Manuel, I thought the turning point of his senior season was that first matchup against Sac State. He scored, I think, I think he hit three shots down the stretch that helped him overcome a slow shooting start, and he's been lights out since then. Yeah. That said, this was the Grizz play in their style, dictating the tempo. Sac State has not given up 79 points this year to anybody. That was the most Sacramento State has given up this season. So that in itself is impressive. It shows you how much Montana was able to be deliberate and dictate. And you mentioned, you mentioned they were up double figures, maybe as much as 14, and then Sac came all the way back and tied it at 59, and then the Grizz closed this thing out. And so that's a testament to them having the will to win. And it was a huge win, too, because they had to have it. Considering that Eastern Washington won again, they beat Northern Colorado. So now that was the, the result that Montana needed. Yeah. They needed to win at Sac State, and they needed Eastern Washington to beat Northern Colorado because they have the tiebreaker over Eastern. So that takes a little bit of pressure off of Thursday, but make no mistake, Thursday, Dahlberg Arena, huge game with Northern Colorado coming to town. They're only a game back of the Grizz, but they are a game back, and I think that's huge just for the the lack of pressure for Montana and just the breathing room now that they have in the standings. Even though they're tied with Eastern Washington, they have the tiebreaker, so they do have a little bit of room to breathe with two games left. Yeah, Northern Colorado losing last night, so we'll get into that a little later on in the show. I do want to ask you about this, Coulter. Tutel Nawana's 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, Kyle Owens. He is a guy who of the three freshmen, the three big, you know, big three freshmen that have been playing a lot of minutes for this team. You can say three. I mean, they only got three. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Josh Vasquez has had a had a breakout game and then had a, a, a great stretch of games where he was integral and really productive for this team. Derek Carter Hollinger had a breakout game and was the conference player of the week earlier this year, and mm-hmm. we've seen flashes out of him. Kyle Owens, we have not seen as much from, it seems to me. And he's a guy who has still gotten minutes in some games, but just has, he, he doesn't have a great shot. And he he looks all day long. Like, I mean, he's a 6'8 athletic freshman who looks like he's a senior, not like he's a freshman. And you go, okay, well, what, is he going to put it together? What does he have as basketball skill? Last night, or Saturday night, excuse me, he goes 4 of 5, has 11 points, big points in this basketball game, doesn't blow the doors off, hugely efficient though, 3 of 3 from beyond the arc, which, you know, I say he doesn't, you know, his his shot is odd, I will say that, it's an odd looking shot, it's not a technically uh, appealing shot, or aesthetically appealing it's just, it's just shot. A fl- it's a set shot, it's a flat footed shot. It's a, yeah. You it, can get away with it when you're 6'8 with long arms and you shoot the ball above your head though, I mean he jumps 2 inches off the ground, yeah. but guess what? 
He's six eight. He's just he ball, hasn't he been making a ton of shots this season. He made shots on Saturday. Was very good. But also, I gotta say, I, to, to back up your I'm, point, I, to back up your point, he was yeah. six. He was uh, three of fourteen coming into the game from beyond the arc in conference play. Yeah. So and, and six of twenty seven overall. Big from turning the point. Arc. You get you get hot. You feel good in a particular gym. You know the small gym. The sight lines are maybe a little bit better. Whatever it is. He has though to me been more impactful than I probably given him, given him credit for defensively. I think his rotations are pretty good and his athleticism and length has been a problem for teams at time and he has it's done the length. He's a nice job of filling in where they've needed him on that side of the ball. At times. He's Kyle Owens has a great body, he's got a great frame. Yeah. He he's not what he will be athletically yet. Right. He's actually not that great of an athlete. He's smooth. He's a smooth athlete. He's not an explosive athlete, if that makes sense. He's got the he's got the long limbs. He's not very fast or very explosive yet. But I think it's a I mean, he's 18 years old. And he's, I think he's a kid who's growing late. into right, his that's body, what I'm so to speak, right? So he yeah. doesn't really know how to harness it or, or use it mm-hmm. at a, in an aggressive style. Actually, a redshirt year would have paid huge dividends. But to your point, one thing that Coach DeKir said all year long is that the kid has absorbed scouts as well as anybody on the team, freshman or otherwise. I think that comes from coming from a high level high school yes. program where, where you're learning the game, you're right? learning the game. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing where T- Travis secure did a great job recruiting all three of these guys. I wrote a story on this last week, soundsportsmt.com. And it's not just, you know, a six foot eight guy who can stretch out and shoot the three and has this great frame. It's not just the, savvy point guard who's got a great handle and is just impervious defensive players. It's not just the six foot five jumping Jack who runs rim to rim and is a high energy guy. Their physical talents are great. The thing that coach DeCure did that was better than uh, that I underestimated was recruiting guys from programs who have the mentality of, first of all, knowing how to take coaching, knowing how to take hard coaching and being able to absorb what is presented to you quickly and turn it around. Yeah, there's a lot of times when freshmen have the talent to play, but we how many guys have we seen where one night they drop 25 and the next night they are just lost? The one thing I could say about all three of these guys is in terms of being lost, they haven't been lost no. since December. Yeah, and right. that and that's where they can get by. So it, you know, if Kyle Owens is going to come in and play 11 minutes and he's just going to be a guy that's going to tip some balls and he's going to get one shot. He's okay with that. He can also come in and play 16 minutes and knock down four shots like he did on Saturday. He can also come in against the Cats and have his best game of the year and score 14 points. I think the number one compliment I could give to Kyle Owens is twofold. One, being ready when he's called upon and having a steady level of performance, whether it's four or 14 or 24 minutes. And two, he plays his best in the biggest games. And he said that after the Cat Grizz game. He said... This is the best adversary I ever played in. This is where you want to be. Yeah. It's right here tonight. So I think that's uh, a testament to him. But all three of these guys, I think that they've done a great job of being mature. And this day and age, even in the big sky, if you're recruiting dudes under the premise that they're going to play, which Travis Takir did, he recruited all three of these guys under the premise they're going to play, but he sold them on, hey, you're not going to be a star. You're going to be a role player on a championship team, but do you want to win a championship? Yeah. That's great coaching. To be able to recognize that and then keep that in line like he has, impressive. And I think all three of these guys deserve a ton of credit because it would be so easy for them to have a breakout game, be Big Sky Player of the Week, and say, I want to be the focal point now. And none of them have. And I think that's uh, a testament to both the individuals as well as Travis DeCure and his staff. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Let's get into some 
high school state tournament action, right? State tourneys, brackets set. We'll take a look at some of the matchups for you across the state. Boys and girls, uh, state tournament times. Fun, fun time of uh, year. We'll get to that. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It is time for our prep extra segment. It is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Go to farmersebank.com. They're giving away 10 $10,000 scholarships to 10 seniors across western Montana. You can find out more and apply. FarmersEbank.com. Very cool that they're doing that. Okay, Coulter, let's, let's try and sort through this a little bit. When it comes to state basketball tournaments, they're not all happening at the same time the way they do in some of the other sports. These In, the, in Class A, the state tournaments are not till the 12th through the 14th of March, but they are set, okay? And for the uh, girls, they're going to be played at Billings Skyview High School. For the boys, they will uh, – oh, excuse me, both of them will be played at uh, Billings Skyview uh, High School, Metro Park there in Billings. Frenchtown is the two seed out of the West, and, uh, excuse me, Browning is the one seed out of the West. Harden, no surprise, the one seed out of the East. To you, Harden – they are your state uh, uh, a tournament favorite for the boys in Class A, right? No doubt. But uh, following Twitter over the weekend, by the way, shout out to all our fellow media colleagues. I don't think people understand, especially from the guys that work in the TV and the newspaper businesses, how absolutely hectic this time of year is. Yes. Almost everybody's short-staffed. The roads aren't great. And you're having to run all over the place. And granted, people would say, well, you're just going to get to go watch basketball. Well, that's it's true, but you have to shoot the games and then you got to edit them and you got to get them on the TV and you got to do a whole Turn bunch of stuff around. in a whole bunch of different and you areas. Tweet hashtag MT scores all the time. Yeah. But I always have so much respect for all the guys that do it. I used to be in the newspaper business, so I know exactly what the grind is like, but I find it awesome to follow all the local guys when all the divisional tournaments and district tournaments are going on around us. But I was hooked on the Browning Frenchtown game on, uh, Friday night, and that sounded like that was a thriller. So I do think that there's some teams out of the West that might be able to push Harden a little bit. Browning yeah. has a ton of talent. A Browning-Harden championship game? Oh, man. The storylines there from, from the ancient rivalries all the way Absolutely. through the stylistic clashings to the fact where they take come the from. over is that what you're telling me oh, on the stylistic buddy, give me a 200 <laughs> over and i'd still take it let's go i mean you're talking about run and gun let's go but that yeah. would be that would be super fun but i think that definitely harden it's interesting because i think hellgate and harden are two of the 
teams of destiny, as you'd say. Yeah. You know, t- teams that came into the year with a ton to play for. Teams that have had the same core for three years. Teams that have flirted with and almost tasted glory. Harden did it two years ago and then lost to Billing Central last year. Hellgate, who lost on the buzzer beater in overtime to Bozeman. So you got the talent plus the motivation. Seems like that always caters to having spectacular seasons. I think that's why both Hellgate and Harden are undefeated. You know, it's interesting because there's been a couple of teams of destiny. Recently, you think about the R. Lee boys in Class C and what they did, the the unbelievable back-to-back state runs they went on. But also, they were challenged by some teams throughout both the run in the state tournaments and even at times in the regular season. Don't get me wrong. They... They won by a lot in a lot of games as well. But it seems like Hellgate and Harden, they're they're just sort of in a class by themselves right now. And we know that anything can happen when it gets down to tournament time. But uh, they're kind of out in front of the pack. On the girls' side in Class A, uh, the number one seed out of the East is Billings Central. The number two seed out of the East is Harden. So Harden getting it done uh, uh, with both teams, boys and girls. In the West, Corvallis and Hamilton, the one and two seed respectively uh, for girls Class A. So again, we're still two weeks away from that tournament taking place. It will be taking place uh, the same week of the Big Sky Conference tournament that's uh, going on in Boise. So it'll be going on uh, a big time there. The rest, though, are still having uh, uh, divisional tournament weekends. Sentinel Gym here in Missoula is hosting uh, the boys and girls Western AA uh, divisional rounds this week, the 5th through the 7th. So they'll get started on, what is that, Thursday, right, running through Saturday uh, in the divisional rounds. In the East, it's happening at Montana State Billings. That's the host site. And then for Northern B Girls, Northern B Girls, they're going to be at Shelby High School uh, for the uh, divisional rounds. The rest going to be uh, uh, uh in uh, Red Lodge, excuse me, for the Southern B, and then the uh, Southern C is going to take place at Miles City. So those are the tournament sites, but again, those are divisional round tournaments, not yet state tournaments. So this, the, the Class A is set, and the rest of them got to get through the divisional rounds to get there. Well, there's actually less Class A schools than any other classification in Montana now. Yeah, right. Because we've had a couple schools move up, a couple schools move down. Yep. be interesting to see if there's ever... I think it's not a very tough decision, especially when it comes to regionality for teams to go from B to C. Because a lot of times then there's just a lot more cluster of little towns around mm-hmm. you. You can be in districts. I mean, the districts in Class C are a lot bigger because there's just more Class C schools than any other classification. It's a rural state. It makes sense. Sure. But we have never seen a team, or at least to my knowledge, at least in the 20 years I've been paying attention to this stuff, we haven't seen a team go from AA down. We have seen a couple teams go from A to B. We've never seen a, a team go from double A down. And you just wonder is there a, if, if that would happen. I mean, I know that the Missoula schools right now are If, the, if there was one the bottom, school in the state, it's big it would be Big Sky High School, it's big right? Sky. I mean, Big Sky is hovering right there around 1,000 kids. And their numbers are so down for almost every sport. Well, the, the other thing, too, and I think this is worth noting, one of the things that Big Sky High School has always, I think, done really well and continues to do really well their special ed program is is outstanding, and they have a ton of really amazing folks, faculty, and students that work with those kids, and I think it, it, it creates a, a very cool element. I mean, we're talking about going all the way back to the 1900s, Coulter, when I was in school there, that that happened. But they're also, their population of students that are students of special needs, be it mental, be it physical, and so forth, is is large. It's a, it's a big number of kids. Well, those kids aren't going to play sports. 
and yet they're still counted as part as of course they're as part of the population but they're not part of the population that in terms of the student population that's being pulled for you know varsity level sports and that so when you take a look at the number of you know eligible kids or able kids that uh, that can play it's even smaller at Big Sky where they would be on par and even smaller than some of the A schools out there in that respect. And, you know, I don't know, you know, how this stuff gets, gets uh, you know, put into consideration, how you filter through things and make those determinations of what, what's best for a student uh, a group or a school. Uh, but it's certainly, you know, an interesting conversation. But clearly that would be it. The nice thing, though, now, with Gallatin opening, you have perfect symmetry, man. You, you got eight in the east and eight in the west and 16, and it just sets up so well for all of these kind of tournaments that, you know, you would you would hate to think of, you know, losing that in some, you know, in some way. So we'll see uh, kind of how this thing shakes out. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It is our prep extra segment is brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, 20, since, they, they, since uh, this is their 20th year of giving away scholarships to graduating seniors across western Montana to date, over $1.2 million in scholarships Farmer State Bank has given. They're giving 10 $10,000 scholarships this year. Go to FarmersEbank.com to find out more and uh, also to apply uh, for your kids. Great stuff on the part of Farmer State Bank. Go check that out. Take a quick break. Hour number one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. More basketball and the first coaching change under the new Hawk era for the Montana Grizzlies has been announced today. We'll tell you all about it. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 